Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you for joining us. Uh, If this is your first time, welcome to the podcast. Um, Otherwise, everyone, welcome back. We endeavor to make these podcasts between 13 and 18 minutes so that people can enjoy them on their way to work, uh, even while you're in the shower. For me, most of my podcast listening happens when I'm getting ready for the day. Um, uh, those of you who are in the gym or running or doing something, we wanted to keep them short enough where you don't have to take an hour out of your life to uh, listen to our podcast. Today we're going to talk about the Bible, um, falling in love with the Bible more specifically. I remember a time um, when I was in Bible school where Pastor Rodney, uh, I don't think he did it before or since, but he invited probably someone um, uh, messed something up, but he invited the whole uh, student body out to his house. And I remember it was in the winter because it was pretty cold. And uh, he basically uh, taught us at the side of his home. He, he's got this little, like, covered area there, and we all fit in and chairs. And he taught us, and he talked for hours about the Word of God and loving the Word of God. And he threw a challenge out there that if someone could, within the year, um, uh, memorize the book of John, uh, that he would buy them a car. And no one ended up doing it, but I memorized, I think, the first 17 or 18 or 21 verses or something of the book of John, John chapter one. And it's actually served me very well. So I'm grateful for that. But I remember leaving there with just this passion to spend time in the word of God. And so I want to talk to you about that today. The more I get to spend time and study and study uh, just because I want to study and study because I want to have a greater understanding and study because I want to see God do greater things through my life and study because the Bible is my link to eternity. Uh, The Bible says in Genesis 1-1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness covered the face of the deep. And if you look at John 1-1, it says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. Uh, There's a contrast there where you see similarities where it's making the statement that when God created the heavens and the earth in Genesis 1-1, that uh, Jesus was there with him, not with the Father, not as Jesus, but as the eternal word. So when you look at Genesis 1, it says the uh, darkness covered the face of the deep and the Spirit of God brooded over the waters. The Trinity was involved in creation. And so you see the Father... You see the spirit who's brooding over the waters on the face of the earth, but brooding over the waters. And then God who speaks. Where's Jesus? Jesus is the word. Let there be light. That's Jesus. So they were all together. That's why even Genesis is let us make man in our image. That was him. That was the father and Jesus. Jesus was uh, Jesus was the author of creation. Jesus created everything. He Everything is sustained by the word of his power. So the reason why the Bible, and I know I'm preaching to the choir. I don't need to talk to you about how important the Bible is. But really, what God will begin to do is just put a love in your heart for the Bible. I find myself reading the Bible and saying, God, thank you for the word. Thank you for the Bible. Lord, I love the Bible so much. I heard that Smith Wigglesworth would carry his Bible with him anywhere he goes. And at the time he would say, 
If you find me without my Bible, I'll give you 10 pounds, which at that time in, in uh, England was a lot of money. 10 pounds was a lot of money back then. He said he wouldn't go 15 minutes without reading the Bible. He wouldn't read it for long at, uh, at a time. Well, I mean, there probably were times where he'd read it for long, but he would be reading the Bible every 15 minutes, uh, choosing, hey, I'm putting the Word of God in my heart. There's many reasons for us as believers to love the Word of God. The first, I would say, is 1 Peter 1. Um, It says, verse 22, seeing you have purified your souls in obeying the truth. Do you want to know how you purify your soul? What is your soul? It's your mind, your will, your emotions. Do you want to know how you make your emotions more stable? Do you want to know how you make your mind more pure? Do you want to know how you uh, come into the fullness of what God has for you as far as like living a sanctified life? You obey the word of God. It says you purify your souls by obeying the truth. Hey, there's truth that God's given you. Many people are waiting for God to do something and he's requiring obedience of you in an area. By obeying the Bible, your mind actually gets purified. It gets cleansed from the stuff. It gets cleansed from thoughts. Your mind can be purified of thoughts thoughts, and that only comes by the Word of God. But it says, through the Spirit unto love unfeigned of the brethren. The purpose God wants you to be sanctified and purified is so that you can love people and see that you love one another with a pure heart fervently. Verse 23, this is 1 Peter 1, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the Word of God, which lives and abide forever. When the gospel was preached to you, it is the Word of God that went on the inside of you and birthed went on the inside of you and made you a new creature. That seed was the word of God. Now people say, well, why do you say Bible? That's just, that's just a, a word for book. So uh, the word Bible is not in the Bible, uh, but I'm saying Bible so you understand I'm talking about the written word of God, falling in love with the written word of God. As you ingest the Bible, the written word of God, revelation comes. Jeremiah fifteen sixteen says, your words were found and I ate them, and they became to me the joy and the delight of my heart. You know, no matter what's going on in your life, you can get to a place of rejoicing in the Word. Hey, Jesus said, don't rejoice that the spirits are subject to you in my name. Rejoice that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. There's a rejoicing that takes place that, man, I've been born again. I've been born again by the word of God. I made up this seed that represents me. I'm made up of the word. Just like the human body is, what, 60, 70 something percent water. I'm made up of the water of the word of God. My life is by the word. I'm sustained by the word. The Bible says all things are held together by the word of his power. I'm I, the air, the air that I'm breathing, the air in my lungs was created because God created it by speaking. It was created by the word of God. Everything you see today was created by the word of God. It was the word that sustains life on planet earth. The sun is where it is because God put it there by his words. God spoke and it was so. The word of God has, is the power to create. The Bible says that talks about the word being a two-edged sword, a double-edged sword. That actually, if you look at the, um, I heard this over the weekend, but if you look at that translation of that, it means two-mouthed sword. When does the word become two-mouthed? When God speaks it and it goes into your heart and then you speak it out of your mouth. The two-mouthed sword. The word of God has power to create. But as you choose man, I'm going to have a love relationship with the Bible. I'm going to memorize what it says. Why is the Bible so important? Because it's the only way to God. 
There's no other holy book that's actually inspired by God. The Quran is not an inspired book. It's well, it may be inspired, but it's inspired by the devil. The 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 dictionary is not an inspired book. Huckleberry Finn, as much as you may like it, is not an inspired book. It's the word of God is God breathed. It's actually God inspired. It's got the anointing on it. The word itself is anointed. People make a big thing of like, oh, I got to increase the anointing on my life. And you know, your, your devotion, your purity will do that. Your pressing into the Lord will do that. But the word of God is anointed. Atheists stand on such thin ground. That's why they don't want to hear the gospel. They want to close their ears because the moment the word of God is preached, when it's preached with boldness and by the spirit of God, it's anointed, man. It hits their spirit. It bypasses their head and it hits their spirit and they have trouble. They can't shake it for weeks. They have to go back to a um, uh, atheism rehabilitation camp and rehabilitate because they hear the Bible and it resounds in their spirit. The difference between someone going to hell and someone going to heaven is how they respond to the Bible, how they respond to the Word of God. You've been born of the Word of God. The reason why the Bible is so important, you see books like Proverbs, they're full of wisdom. He says, my son, attend unto my word, incline your ear to my sayings, let them not depart from your eyes, keep them in the middle of your heart, for what? For they will be life. The word of God is life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. You know, the Bible has, the word of God has healing properties in it. That if you say, man, I've dealt with this, this, this problem in my body, just by listening to the word of God, according to the word of God, your body can be healed. The Bible says he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. My son, get wisdom and above all else, get understanding. Where does that come from? The word of God. Psalm 119 says, how will a young man perfect his way by giving heed to the word? Lord, I've, Psalm 119 verse 11 says, Lord, I've hidden your word in my heart that I may not sin against you. How do you come out from sin and addiction? By the power of the word of God. There's wisdom. There's a value system in the word. You see in the word of God that God, a wicked person can bring a sacrifice, can bring a big offering. A wicked person who, who, a wicked person who brings an offering of $100,000, God looks at that as an abomination. But a, but a righteous person who comes and asks God to meet, of need, his, meet someone's need, sorry, a righteous person who asks God to meet their need, God delights in that prayer. You see God as a value system. You see what God hates in the word of God. How do I know what to hate? I see it in the word of God. The Bible says that God anointed, it's talking about Jesus, but I take it for myself. God anointed, I say for me, God anointed me with the oil of gladness above my fellows because I love righteousness and hated, hate wickedness. I choose to hate what God hates. The Bible says God hates hands that shed innocent blood. Why am I so passionate about abortion, getting uh, abortion being brought low, the plant parenthood being defunded? I've prayed for that and finally it's happened. That's an answer to my prayer. Hallelujah. Lord, thank you for answering my my prayer. Planned Parenthood defunded. Lord, let every clinic shut down in Jesus' name. Lord, let every clinic worker find salvation in Jesus' name and forgiveness in the name of Jesus. Lord, let every abortion doctor um, uh, run dry in their business in the name of Jesus. Lord, I praise you for what you've already done. The reason I'm so passionate is because it says God hates hands that shed innocent, 
innocent blood. It hates, the Bible says God hates people who sow discord among the brethren. Watch out when you're talking about someone who's a Christian. God, it's an abomin. It's something that God hates. God hates false balances, a lying tongue. If you're someone who finds yourself lying, you put yourself in a category of doing something God hates. Watch out. You'd be better off with no tongue than as a tongue that tends to lie. Trust me, make it to heaven with no tongue than a tongue that lies. God wants you to know his value system. The word of God is so valuable to us. It's how we find wisdom. It's how we find eternal life. It's how we understand God's value system. What does it profit a man to gain the whole world, but to lose his own soul? It's how we know how to get our prayers answered. How did I know how to get my prayer answered without knowing that I was supposed to pray in the name of Jesus? It lets me see, it lets me see what Jesus did and understand that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, that the miracles he did when he walked the earth are no different than the miracles he'll do today. How do I see? How do I know what God's willing to provide for me? I can see in his word what he's provided for others. The Bible is wisdom. The the world has earthly wisdom. People read books like The Art of War, and they read books like... uh, uh, think and Grow Rich. Think and Grow Rich is based on the Bible anyway. People read books. The, the best-selling sales books or self-help books, the ones that have lasted the longest, are all based on the Bible, where the Bible has the real answers. It's the best sales book in all the earth is the Bible. It's the best book of wisdom and self-help. And it's actually beyond self-help. It's God helping you. It's you allowing God to help you. The book gives wisdom. Learn to cultivate a love. Learn to cultivate a love and a time of study with the Bible. If you want to uh, flow in the miracle power of Jesus, spend time in the Gospels. Study the miracles that he did. Be able to know where they are. Man, Matthew 8, the first, uh, the first one is, is the leper in Matthew 8, 1. And then it's the, uh, after the leper, it's the, the Roman centurion. And you go down the list. It's uh, Luke 5. And, and, and the, uh, you can see the woman with the issue of blood, the man at the pool of Bethesda. You can see through the word what Jesus did, how he spoke. You know, the disciples, Jesus never asked his father to heal somebody. He always spoke to the infirmity or spoke to the person. Lazarus come forth. In the, new, in, the book of, in the book of Acts, Peter bowed and prayed, and then he stood up and said, Tabitha, arise. He didn't say, Father, please heal this child. He never he- prayed for healing and said, Father, I ask you to heal this person. He said, sickness, go, arise, take up your bed and walk. He spoke to the person. He spoke to the sickness. You see the way God does things. Learn to love the word of God. Lord, I thank you for a great love in everyone's heart for the Bible, a new love for the word of God, a new devotion to the word of God. Lord, it's the sincere milk of the word that we may grow thereby. Lord, let your people grow up by the word of God. I thank you for it. Lord, thank you for giving us the Bible. Thank you that we live in a country where we can freely read the Bible that we're not in trouble for having one, that we can't be uh, arrested for having a Bible or, or passing out Bibles. I thank you, Lord, for the privilege of knowing your word. Lord, we love you. We honor you. I pray you bless every person, Lord, with a new love for your word and let it change them and change us. In Jesus' name, amen. I love you. God loves you. We hope you have an awesome day, week, month, year. Grow in the Lord. Amen.